Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 5000 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 5000. Enjoy. Good morning, guys. This is your boy, DJ Wolf. I'm doing a live feed th- today in the Southern Maryland studio, of course. Um, I had uh, not really an, an epiphany, but I was just thinking about why music is important to me. I'll uh, talk about it shortly. Um and how it all started for me way back when popular music and soul music and rock music was all in its infancy. Uh, and when it, I mean, when it really gained ground. And why it still, to this day, 50-something years later, still grabs me more than anything I've ever done in my life. This is DJ Wolf Live. Let's start the show. This is DJ Wolf. I had to go ahead and talk to you about this right quick because um, music has been a played a major part in my life for so long, for so many years. Uh, it's something that captured me from oh my god, from as long as I can remember. I was born during the era where music. And young people were really taking control in how it incorporated music in many young people's lives during that era of the 1960s. And it made me appreciate it more and more when I heard it. It didn't matter who was doing it at the time, uh, whether it was music in Motown, music of the British Invasion, music of American pop. It didn't even matter. It was all good to me. Trust me on that. And I learned to appreciate, even as a very young child, the different musical genres that was out there. What you're hearing right now uh, is my DJ Wolf Live theme that I created. Well, it's actually an updated version of it. And uh, that I produced myself 
last year, I used a couple of different uh, tools. One of them was GarageBand. That's I started out as a GarageBand uh, uh, software that I used for that. And I used another tool, DJ Pro, I used to do the remix on it. So, But... I'm getting ready to embark on some major stuff that I'm trying to do right now. And yeah, I didn't go to church today, so I had to take time off to do this because I know I got to sing next week, so I ain't going to have time to do it <laughs> next week for sure. And that's the biggest problem, that the biggest hurdle for me right now. Uh, let me stop the music for a second. The biggest hurdle for me right now, honestly, is I don't have time to do it. If I had time to do the kind of things I want to do musically, oh my God, I'd be in beast mode. I'd be in beast mode for real. But I just don't have the time to do it like I want to. I I wish to God that I did, and I don't. That's the thing. Because music, like everything else, like a passion, passion takes time. You know, think about it. Um, Many people over the years, inventors, uh, writers, songwriters, musicians. Um, it takes a it takes a while to really learn, learn your craft, and it takes a while to horn into your craft, especially if you're trying to put out the best. You know, and that's what I'm trying to do. You know, I'm I'm, I'm sort of taking baby steps, but I'm gonna be honest with you guys. This for me is a uh, part of my what I call bucket list. You know, as you get older. There's a lot of things you want to do before you get too old, before it gets too late for you to do anything. And this is one of the things I've been wanting to do. I've been working on music for a while, and now I'm I'm, I'm very close to doing what I really want to do in it. Um, but the biggest thing for me is time. If I had the time to really get into it the way I want to, it'd be a different story. It'd be a different story. I probably would have had I, I probably would have had a couple EPs out right by now. On uh. I got a couple. I got I got some stuff out on SoundCloud under DJ Wolf AKM. If you want to hear it, I got a bunch of stuff on there, and I got a couple of things on iTunes. I don't think you'll be able to get to the iTunes, but the SoundCloud you will be able to get to. Um, I'm going to try pretty soon. I'll be setting something up on uh, Spotify. I'm I'm in the works of doing that, but I I want to get some really good music on Spotify. I'm not going to just put out anything. You know, Spotify is where I want to really uh, embark on my brand. On Spotify. But uh, I'm excited about it. I was just looking at a couple of uh, controls that I had. I hadn't used in a while. One of the controllers I have is uh, is the machine. It's the very first uh, music controller that I ever bought. I heard another guy talking about music he did years ago, too. And I, and I, I just started doing it. I started doing it back in 2000, 2000, 2001 was uh, Acid. Those of you know about Acid uh, Pro. Acid Pro was one of the best softwares. It was uh, was uh, created by Sony. Acid software was one of the best software tools I've ever used at the time. At the time, I could, it was on Windows. I, I couldn't afford a Mac at the time. I didn't buy a Mac until years later. And... Matter of fact, I don't think GarageBand was out at the time. No, it wasn't. But at the time, Acid was the joint, man. I loved it. It was 
stuff on acid I did I couldn't do anywhere else. And I just did it on on the computer. So I started I've been producing for a while as far as music. I just hadn't been, you know, I'm like one of what they call bedroom producers, like bedroom DJs. But I'm not a bedroom, just a bedroom DJ. I actually DJ at events. So I DJ weddings and parties for the last several years. Um, but the uh, machine, machine controller is the first uh, music contr- uh, production controller I've ever owned. I still have it. That I uh, actually I'll take that back. It was actually uh, Beat Thing. Beat Thing was the first one, but Beat Thing was the first one that I owned that actually had preloaded uh, instruments in it and preloaded uh, beats and patterns. It was the very first one. It was a very, matter of fact. It was, I think about it. It was the very first machine or very first music production controller that I have known to actually put that out there before anybody else. It was revolutionary. My only regret is I wish I hadn't sold because it was, it was a pretty fun tool. I had a hard time configuring on on on, on uh, the, the software portion on the computer because you really didn't even need to put it on the computer. The only reason why you would put it on the computer is so you could upload your beats that you created. I played with it. For, I had it for a little while, and then I went on here and sold it. I sold it for a fraction, a, a third of what I paid for it, but and it was expensive too. And then they came out with the MPC Studios, which I bought a few years later. Uh, the first one was the was the Ren, Renaissance. The Renaissance was a monster, man. I kind of, I got I got good money on actually. I, I sold. I think I, I think I paid more money for it than I got. I, I I I paid. I sold it for a little less than what I paid for, but I got, I, you know, I recuperated most of it back, so that, that wasn't no big deal. And then I bought the NPCs. I bought two of them. I bought a regular NPC studio, and then I bought Studio Black, which I still have. And I gave my other one to my nephew. He's a he's emerging artist. He's really good. And uh, I got to try to call him to find out if he ever was able to configure it. He probably didn't, but... <clears throat> anyway... I'm uh I uh turn around what did I buy? What was the other controllers I bought? Oh I bought the MPC Touch. I bought I bought one and sold that and then I turned around and bought another one and sold that one back to the people I bought it from. I had a hard time trying to configure them and then it finally configured and then I sold it. It was already gone. I said <laughs> Figures. That's the number one problem I have with Akai. That's the only problem I have with Akai is that their configurations are hard to do. I don't have a problem with, with doing it on uh, native instruments. No. And I've had this thing for years. I'm configuring, I'm redoing it right now as we speak. Loading up the, the, the uh, software back to it with the license. Mm-hmm. So I, and I'm putting it on another, you know, on my, another, uh, another device. But then them archives are hard to configure. Even the Akai Force is hard to configure now. Because I just realized that's like, wait a minute. It took me a minute to configure that. I had to call them up. They told me they couldn't do anything. The next thing I know was it was configured. This was after I went to my uh, account and tried to upload. And just fired it up. No figure. It's, it's like a Fort Knox with those things. 
the good thing about it is with the force, the force is a, a it's a standalone. But you can hook it up to your computer to do Ableton Live on it, which I'm really excited about because I already have a, I work with a, the Ableton Push, too. And I ain't gonna lie, the Ableton Push 2 remind me a lot of the Machina. What's up, easier. It's easier to do. And I found out that the Ableton Push is not as hard as, well, with uh, working with Ableton Software. Ableton Software actually is a lot easier than I thought it was. For years, I, I was very intimidated by Ableton. I'm not sure why. But then I realized why, how it was set up the way it was set up. And now, it's so easy to do, it's not even funny. I've gotten a lot of production out of it. I've done at least maybe about 20-some 20, 20 songs on there. Many of them right now are uploaded to SoundCloud. It was this one I did, and I still know how I did it. It was a Western beat that I did. I don't know, it's like, it, I mean, it had a Western feel to it. I still know how I did it. And I did the beat, and the beat was like, you'll hear it. And the beat, it's like, it was crazy, but it had the trap beat, you know, sped the trap beat a little bit, but it was crazy. I was like, how the hell I do that? You know? And it amazes me now. The technology that's out there today allows you to do so many crazy things with music. It's not even funny. You know, now you have artists now who do their own stuff. I remember back 20, about maybe about almost 30 years ago, Dr. Dre uh, riding the wave of success with uh, NWA. It was commercial. I don't remember the commercial was for a car. Now, it might have been. I know he had one of the Akai, the legacy of Akai's at the time. It was a white one with the gray uh, pads on it. Y'all guys probably know what it is. I don't remember the mall. And he was producing right on the plane. He has headphones on. This is Mr. Mr. Uh, Mr. Uh, Beats himself. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, what was that? Beats. Uh, what's that? Uh, what do they call that? Uh, uh, Beat Studio. Mr. Beat Studio himself. And uh, he uh, he has headphones on, plugged into the to the the Akai, and was going to work on the plane, mind you. And I don't think they that the, the Akai's at the time were even battery operated. I know that that the MPC Live is, and that's one of the reasons I would love to get that. But uh, I'm I'm kind of like holding back on it right now. I don't really think I need it. I love to have it. But it ain't something I really need. You know. But anyway, it's how can I put it? They make it easier now for you to be able to create your own music. And that's one thing I like about the the force. The force. You can plug a you know, it's it's almost like a, a, a audio controller. It's actually built in like an audio controller. It's a DJ controller. It's a music production controller, and it's a performer. You can do all of that on there. I mean, it's the same. You know, 
my biggest thing I, I said before is time. If I had the time, oh my God, it would be insane the things I could do on there now. And I'm being serious. It would be totally, totally insane. You know? But that's why all of y'all always uh, are now doing their own thing. They don't need production. You know, the only reason why you probably would need to go into a studio is to remix your sound, beef it up a little bit, maybe add a couple of extra things you probably couldn't do when you were at home. To polish it up. Otherwise, you can do your stuff at home. People do, they go everywhere and produce music now. Even I did some of my stuff when I was on vacation last year. Last two years, matter of fact. Even on my phone. It's crazy. You know? Um, I'll be honest with you. I thought about, and I know my old lady ain't going to go along with it. I thought about going into retirement and just do it. You know what I'm saying? Take me out a nice size balloon. I was going to try to get, see if I could get me a nice size balloon. Go into my retirement and just do it. You know, and open and, and start my own uh, record label, independent label, record label. Now, that's the other thing. I wanted to do a gospel. Kind of like on a Kurt Franklin uh, level. Uh, crossover with Sounds of Blackness. That's the kind of gospel I would like to do. Now, I'm being honest about that. The gospel, kind of gospel that would make you shout. The kind of gospel that would make you uh, sing your lungs out. You know? With a progressive sound. It's the kind that would motivate people. That's why music is important. See, and I'm going to say this. There are two acts in music. Well, put it like this. There were two brands of music that I always was proud of. And I always followed. And I always felt there were trendsetters of modern music. Really, three. One is Motown. Two is the Beatles. And three is James Brown. Now, let me break it down to you right quick. I'll start with Motown. Motown did something that hadn't been done in music. Motown was by us, produced by us, predominantly, and for us at the time. Okay. Now, I know Smokey Robinson at the Grammys recently stated, I produce my music for everybody. Okay, I can understand that. But it was a black-owned company. It was a black-run company. 
a black artist doing music that was considered what they called the sound of young America. And it was. Barry Gordy showed you how you could do it. Sam Cooke, the late great Sam Cooke, was on the verge of doing the same thing. He actually, I think he, he did start a label at one point. But before he really got to where he really needed to be, and he was very close to it, uh, was was murdered. Really shame, man, because he was a very, very great talent, man. He was kind of like, well, I, for lack of a better uh, resp- uh, response to who I re- he reminded me of, I would say or like kind of like R. Kelly. He was a hitmaker. He was a major hitmaker. With R. Kelly, regardless, which is a be banging our hits left and right. But I won't go into that right now. I'm not talking about R. Kelly. I just want to put that as an example as far as music, uh, as far as the kind of, you know, uh, the way he p- produced so much music, you know, and, and, and Sam Cooke was along that line. Let's put it like that. Um, but Motown taught you about doing your own thing, not waiting on anybody else. They hand it for you. What James Brown used to say, uh, don't get the wrong idea about me. Don't open the door. I get it. Go get it myself. Open the door. I get it myself. Yeah. In other words, I don't need your help. And James Brown started, uh, I think he had a record label. I know he, he owns several uh, radio stations at one time. You know. That was pretty well known. For years. And he taught you about, you know, being independent. A lot of people don't know James Brown back in the 70s, the mid-70s. This is a true story. James Brown, for two years, had his own television show. Kind of like Soul Train. It was called Future Shock. Look it up. And I'll be honest with you. I don't... It was... Wasn't quite as polished as Soul Train. It was kind of okay. It was a, I think it was a, it was a locally on Atlanta, but I seen it. It's on YouTube. Look it up. And then he was the host of it. Cause I kept wondering why he wasn't making any records at one time uh, between seventy f- something and seventy six because he he was doing television. I never knew that. And he did his own. He had his own businesses and stuff at one time. You know, Don Cornelius. Soul Train. I was. I, th- I think I did another. Yeah, matter of fact, I did a podcast about the other the other day. Uh, Soul Train was a local show in Chicago, and built into a worldwide iconic phenom for over three and a half decades, showcasing us, built for us by us. Again. He highlighted black music. Black music wasn't getting the props it should have been getting. And Don, Don Cornelius came along and, 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 and put it on the national and worldwide stage. You know, he changed, he helped change the game in, in, in black music. You know? Some of y'all may not agree with me on this. Uh, but the Bills are on some level kind of did too. You know? But the bills I give you credit for, for what credit do, 
the Bills was really one of the few white acts that actually gave credit to people who they uh, took liberties of their music from. They always did and they always have them and the Rolling Stones. I give them credit for that. Which is probably why they're two of my favorite groups. Uh, two of my favorite white groups from that era. I'll be totally honest. And uh, they changed the game. Particularly the Bills. Because the Bills went from doing just pop and just rock to just doing songs that made you think. They were very conscious of a lot of their music. Even about their own uh, communities over in England. You know? And I think they were the ones that originally started that. I don't remember any, and, I, and I'm not, and I ain't trying to offend anybody, but I don't remember any black acts doing it at the time. Beatles was one of the first acts that I can remember doing that. They talked about their communities around Penny Lane and Australia, all that. You know, they talked about the neighborhoods, like rappers do today. They rep the neighborhoods, but that's what they did back in the '60s. Real talk. Don't believe me? Listen to some of their songs. Right? But they but they put consciousness in their music. A lot of songs, especially in the later years. You know, when the 60s re- revolution of civil rights and all that was amping up. You know. Which is why I like the music. I like a lot of music. I, I, t- I think I might have told the story before. One weekend, uh, about 10, 11 years ago, uh, and Nintendo, you remember the Wii, they released uh, a Wii Beatles rock band. Rock band was a simulator uh, guitar effect system. You had the little you know, plastic guitar or whatever, and you would hit the, the, the little bars to get the, uh, the strum, and then strum with the little plastic part on the part where you're supposed to be hitting the frets, the notes with your thumb. But anyway, I got it one, one day. I think my wife gave it to me for my birthday one year. And this is no joke. I started out playing around about 3.30, quarter four. I was on that system so long. I didn't know it, was, it wasn't until almost 9 o'clock when I got off that mug. That's how much I love their music. I wish they did a Motown version of that, but that's another story. But that's how much their music affected you know, me as far as that me wanting to do music in general. They did. Now, as far as gospel music for me, I love doing it. I always have. I uh, remember singing gospel music when I was a little boy. Maybe not understand exactly what it was, but I did. And then I sang in the choir. Uh, you choir back in the late 70s. And then uh, when I started back going to church years, several years ago, I started, I, I sang two choirs. But I, I and I'm going to say this. When I'm up there on the podium singing gospel, man, it's, it's like a, it's like a rush. It's like an emotion. It is an emotion for certain. But it's like, you know you had to do it. You sing for the Lord. And you sing for those who can't sing. Those who can't be heard or wouldn't be heard. 
And for those who want to hear you, let them be heard through you. It's a rush, man. I'm telling you, it, it, it is. But it's a powerful emotional rush. That's why music is important. Music has known to soothe people, heal people, make people be conscious about things, make people aware, and even teach you about rhythms and patterns. Uh, my goddaughter, no joke, my goddaughter was about five. A couple months ago, we were... Uh, we was at a, we had was at a Christmas church Christmas function, and she was dancing around, and she was counting. And I was like, "What are you doing, Boo Boo?" And she was she said she was counting counting her dance steps. So her grandmother was telling me, because her grandmother's part of, of, of the church praise team. She said, "You know, she'd be watching me, you know, move and stuff, and we 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 be counting our steps, and she was going around there following us, doing the same thing." And I was like, man, how su- how sweet of it was for her to do that, man. Just, you know, freaking things out on her own. And it inspired her. Not only did it inspire her, it taught her. And she learned to follow directions at an early age because of music. Music is a teachable tool. I don't care what anybody said. Ah, it's just music. It is. And a lot, I mean, and if, here's the thing with me. It don't even matter about the genre. It don't matter if it's hip-hop, country, rock, R&B, soul, pop, classic. It don't matter. It's teachable. Something in that music teach you about something or counts, uh, you know, it, it does. It teaches about something. Something to do with either counting or inspiring or putting conscience on your mind or something. Something about music is going to always teach you about something. You can get something out of it. There's no joke. You know, music is something for everybody. You know, it may not be a particular genre that you might be into that somebody else might be into, but it's something that you can always get out of it. Something. Even little kids. They learn to be put things in a perspective where they can Retained by music. That's part of how you learn. When you hear a song, it's memory. It's repetition. And repetition makes you think about what you have to remember when you hear it. It's a teachable tool. I don't care what anybody say. It is. That's why I've always appreciated it. It, it inspires you. It stimulates you. It stimulates your mind. In a lot of cases, it stimulates your heart. Depends on the type of music you listen to. But it does stimulate you, nevertheless. That's what it's all about. That's why I love it. All right, guys. That's all I have. I just wanted to get that off my chest before I get started working on my, my stuff because I'm a little late right now. I want to start, try to start a little earlier, but at least I got time to do it. All right, guys. This is DJ Wolf. That's all I got. I, I will have more on the background. I might do another podcast a little later, maybe not a live one, although there are a couple other things I'm going to talk about, but I'll probably do it a little later. Got to get on my music. You guys go to church. <laughs> All right. Y'all go to church now. And uh, I'll be talking to you soon.
This is DJ Wolf. Y'all take care. I'm out.